So let's talk about a solid legal foundation. What are the elements of a solid legal foundation for a business? Contracts, 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 right? I think contracts are super important. I was going to say like a business entity first, and that's also important because a business entity helps separate your personal assets from your business assets. No one wants their their personal stuff to be on the line if something goes wrong in business. But I, I think even for, for people who are in that space where they feel like, oh, my business isn't official yet. I'm not really doing that much business. I don't need an LLC or entity formation. I say at the very least, contracts with everyone that you work with. Uh, contracts are the foundation of all of our business relationships. You are now tuned in to the Mom CEO Suite podcast. I'm your host, Felicia, wife, mom, and entrepreneur. In this podcast, I'll be sharing my mompreneur journey along with strategies that will help you build your online business operations in a sustainable way. The goal is to help you build a business that fits into your lifestyle as a mom who values putting family first. We will also hear the experiences and expertise of other moms with service-based businesses. You'll get a peek into our journeys so you'll know that you aren't alone. Motherhood gets hard. Entrepreneurship gets hard. But together, we can do hard things. Welcome to the suite. All right. Hey, friends, welcome to another episode. Today, we have a special guest with us, Liku T. Amadi Esquire. Can't forget the Esquire. She is an award-winning California licensed business attorney. Liku works, Liku works with coaches, consultants, and expert service providers to establish a solid legal foundation for business with contracts, trademarks, and strategies for legal protection. Liku makes it a point to educate her clients on the what and why behind legal services to empower them to make legally informed business decisions so they can protect their business and make more money. Liku is a proud boy mom and first generation Tanzanian. Hi, Liku. How are you? Hey, I am doing, I'm doing good. I'm blessed. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited that you're here. We heard your bio, but outside of that, just tell us a little bit more about you and your business. Yeah, of course. So I left corporate in 2021, March of 2021, when I was three months pregnant. So I I left because I did not have a quality of life in corporate. I worked hard, you know, made all the grades, did all the achievements, but I was just like, this can't be life. And so in the middle of the pandemic, especially, you know, when everyone's working from home and things are just a little more hectic, I decided to leave. I've always wanted to be a mother and I've always wanted to be available and present for my children. And this just seemed like the right time to build my own business where I can have that quality of life that I wanted. So I left, started the law firm, let people know that I was open for services, worked with a lot of um, coaches, consultants, and service providers in the beginning. So I decided that would be my niche, if you will, and just narrow in on that group of people, especially with the coaching industry being so unregulated and it booming during the pandemic as well. I wanted to be a unique solution to that industry. So I love working with the experts that I do now, and I'm happy that I went out on my own. 
Wow. I think that that takes a lot of courage, right? You left corporate, you started your own business, you were pregnant and during the pandemic. So in real time, what was that like for you? Did you come up against any like personal oppositions or any personal challenges? Was there any fear involved? Like how did you just navigate that whole time? Yeah, I was locked in. It's crazy because I I had just landed in March 2020. I just landed what I thought was like, this is it. Dream job, big firm, big office, like all of that, right? And I was locked in for at least a year because that's how my offer was set up. And six months in, I'm like, I'm ready to go, right? So before that, I was like, I'd never start my own law firm. I don't want the hassle of running a business. Just give me my work to do and I'll do my work. I'll make my money, right? And so that was always my plan. But at at this point, I was just like, this can't be life. Like, I'm not living a quality of life and I have to do something about it now instead of later. And so personally, there, there was no fear. It was more so empowering. Like, this is it. And if it doesn't work out, I can always go back to a firm. I could go be a carpenter. I could do a ton of other stuff, right? Like, it's not the end of the world. And so it was very empowering to to feel like I wasn't stuck, to feel like I had options. On a personal level, I also had a lot of support. Like I um, did have a little bit of fear that, you know, my, my mom and elders might be like, oh, but you know, what about working at a firm or running a business is so hard, but it was a complete opposite. My entire community had my back, which it just felt good because they've invested in me since I was born, right? My husband was a thousand percent on board. It's like, I've been told you that, babe, you could do so much better on your own. So I had all of that too. So it made me, it made me feel really good. Starting the business was an experience. It's still an experience, but one where, you know, I'm learning every single day. And I think just being pregnant on top of that definitely put me in a place where I'm like, I need to come out of perfectionism mode and listen to my body. I need to rest. This is a perfect opportunity to design a business around the quality of life that I want. So it was all very timely, very, very timely. I love, I love that story. And I think it just speaks to the importance of having the right mindset because you had the mindset, oh, if it doesn't work out, it's not the end of the world. I can do something else, right? And I think sometimes Women in particular, we struggle with, oh, if it doesn't work out, the world is over. Like, it's not. It's going to be okay. So I think having the right mindset plus that support that you had was so crucial. And I think it's needed. We need to seek that out in our own personal journey. So I absolutely love that you share that. And so you were talking about kind of building this business around your desired lifestyle. And so why was that important for you? And what are the steps you're taking or that you did take? to do that. Yeah. So first in corporate, it was the opposite, right? Like my my life was around my job and, and networking and this paycheck is coming in, which means I can do X, Y, and Z. And it, again, the pandemic was such a an interesting time in our lives. Like when I did get what I thought was my dream job after like eight months of searching, a week later, the governor sent out the order. Everybody worked from home, right? So I secured my dream job. And now it's like, I don't know if I'm going to get laid off because that's what was happening. So I just, I didn't want to live my life under someone else's thumb. 
that's what I felt. So quality of life for me was just controlling my own time, like having power over my own decisions, being able to empower others in what I'm doing. Quality of life looks like for me in more specific examples is making my schedule a certain way, right? Like I'm a morning person. I'll wake up at 4 a.m., go to the gym, do my work, knock some stuff out all before noon. And by one or two, I'm, I'm pretty done, right? Like I'm done. And so knowing that, like structuring my day in that way, right? When I'm only taking calls on a certain time block versus throughout the entire day and half the day, I don't have the capacity, right? Or not taking calls on any days or even canceling calls and being able to be flexible when my child needs something or when I need to show up for myself, right? So just that that flexibility, that lack of pressure from outside forces, and there is still pressure, you know what I'm saying? Of course, I want to do well for my family, for the people who supported me, for myself, for my children and children to come, but there's not that that corporate pressure that really contributes to compromise mental health, depression, alcoholism, all of those things. And in my profession, we're at the top when it comes to all those stats, right? So just making sure I'm enjoying the fruits of my labor now and always. Yeah, and I think that's the beauty of entrepreneurship is that flexibility and that freedom that you have to really create the life that you want instead of it being the other way around. So I totally can relate to that. Now let's get into to why we're really here because I, I just recorded another episode and we were talking about how some things you can DIY in life and business. And legal is definitely not one of those things you want to be out here DIY. You want to find a professional, an expert to guide you along the way. So let's talk about a solid legal foundation. What are the elements of a solid legal foundation for a business? Contracts, 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 right? I think contracts are super important. I was going to say like a business entity first, and that's also important because a business entity helps separate your personal assets from your business assets. No one wants their, their personal stuff to be on the line if something goes wrong in business. But I, I think... Even for, for people who are in that space where they feel like, oh, my business isn't official yet. I'm not really doing that much business. I don't need an LLC or entity formation. I say at the very least, like contracts, right? With everyone that you work with. Um, man, contracts are the foundation of all of our business relationships. Our clients who invest in us, right? These are the tools that we use to lead the client relationships, to lead the client experiences. They tell us what one, what one person's supposed to do, what another person's supposed to do, how we get paid, how we solve issues, who owns what intellectual property, schedules, deadlines, et cetera. It literally guides our relationships. Same thing with team, whether it's volunteers, interns, contractors, employees. You want to have contracts in place to dictate how those relationships are going to go partnerships, collaborations, like when you're speaking on stage for an organization, you want to have things in place for all of that, right? You sent me a podcast release before we did this, right? Because this is another type of just like transaction, right? With the IP involved and you want to make sure the relationship goes a certain way. So contracts, contracts, contracts everywhere. 
honorary mention to, again, entity formation and LLCs, especially if you are, you know, bringing in a lot of money and especially if you're working in situations where, and I say this is what should determine whether you get an LLC or some type of legal entity. They might vary from state to state, but not necessarily the amount of money you're making or how long you've been in business, but those things are important, number one. But more so, I think what's most important is how much risk is involved here, right? So for example, if you if you start selling lemonade on the corner, it might be simple, might be innocent, might be easy, but you're making something, people are consuming it in their bodies. You don't know if they're allergic, right? Like things might happen. That might be something simple, but there's a, a level of risk associated, right? Where you can physically harm someone. Same thing if like you're a caterer or let's say you're a decorator, your decorations fall on somebody because, you know, even if it was just your friend's baby shower, but now somebody got a neck brace because you didn't secure the backdrop or something like that, right? Same thing in the coaching and consulting and service-based industries. Like we might just be, you know, having conversations with people and helping them in their business. But what happens if something that you promises them doesn't come to fruition, right? They may feel like they lost out on something and may want to come after you. In all those instances, you want to be protected and a business entity does that. And then third is intellectual property. I know we're going to talk about that too, but that expertise, right? Those assets of your business, you want to make sure you know what they are, like how they're assets in your business, and you want to make sure you protect them so that there's value associated with them. And then lastly, I think just having an attorney you can tap in with. Like I know not everyone is at the level where you got an attorney in your back pocket, or maybe you don't have the type of business model where you need legal advice on an ongoing basis. Some people are bringing in 10 plus contracts a month. Other people are bringing in, you know, two, three contracts a quarter, right? So it kind of depends, but at least having an attorney where if you have questions, you have a resource you can ask, hey, can I book a call with you really quick? Hey, I'm about to release these new services. Can I tap in with you and just ask if there's anything I need to look out for? So those are the four things that I would say are pertinent to a solid legal foundation. Yeah. And just to echo the point of having a legal professional on your team, just somebody that you can ask these questions to is so necessary because you don't know what you don't know, literally, yeah. <laughs> you wrote. And so I'm a part of Liku's Legal Business Essentials Program. Yeah. Man, the contracts that she did in the program, like, oh, I never even thought about that, you know? And so you just need that expert advice. It's, again, when it comes to this legal stuff, you really just don't know what you don't know. And you want to be protected. And it's funny, you mentioned the podcast guest release. And when I sent it out, I'm like, Watch Lee Google and reply back. So I'm at it because she's the real deal. She's the expert. You know, that was a template. I know some weird. And you know what? To to touch on that real quick, like, you know, DIY and like templates, like they're not ideal, but that is something that I appreciate because business owners know, like, all right, we need to have something in place, right? It may not be all the way there, but I'm taking the steps to try and that that starts to set the foundation as to what you need, right? The program that you're in where you're testing out these materials are, you know, also meant to be that, like, let's at least start setting the foundation. So it's not just like DIY, but like you have a little bit of context, you have a little bit of 
help. You have the ability to ask questions, right? Just so you can get along a little bit easier because once your business gets to that, that point where you deem it like, oh, we here, right? Whether that's six figures, seven figures, or like major opportunities, you don't want to have to backtrack on those opportunities because you have so much to fix on the legal end. Like you just want to be able to bring it to an attorney and spruce things up. So yeah, we're, we're doing our best out here as business owners. Now, we did mention intellectual property. Some people not, might not necessarily know what exactly that is. So can you explain what it is and really just how can it be used to create more time freedom? Yeah. Yeah. The second part of the question is my favorite. <laughs> so in a nutshell, um, intellectual property is like a manifestation of your expertise, right? You put it in some form and there are um, three main types of intellectual property, especially in the online service uh, provider space. There's three types of intellectual property, period, right? So patents, which more so cover inventions and innovations, not really prevalent in the online service provider industry. More so it's copyrights and trademarks. So trademarks, and these are a pretty popular topic, also something that became super popular during the pandemic when everybody was starting, you know, ramping up their businesses. But trademarks, I say, protect those elements that make your brand recognizable, right? Your business name, your logo, your slogan, any colors or designs associated with your brand. So the Nike swoosh, if you see that somewhere up in the sky on a billboard, you already know what that company is. You know what they sell, right? You know the, the quality of merchandise to expect from them have it your way, right? That's a slogan. And I don't have to say the name of the company because you probably already know the same thing with eat fresh and just do it, right? My favorite logo right now is crazy. It's a Starbucks logo, right? So I know when I'm driving on the freeway and I'm looking at the exit signs to see what's there, that's what I'm looking for, right? Because I, I know that I'm going to get my signature drink my grilled cheese, right? That brand recognition, those are things that are protected. And when you protect it, you have the exclusivity to use them, which is why of all the brands that I name, you don't see other things that are similar to them, right? They've spent tens of millions of dollars, right? Like fighting against people who try to copy their brand or infringe on their trademark to make sure that no one even comes close to those features because they hold so much value. When you have that exclusivity, like that's where you have the power to wield in that industry. Copyrights are another one. And so copyrights are traditionally, tra traditional examples of copyrights are like photographs, uh, music notes, right? And like those types of scripts. So it is something that you create, like your ideas put in a tangible form or a tangible medium. So again, photographs are a super classic example. Music notes, anything that you create, like a website, for example, that's subject to copyright protection. This video that you're recording right now, Felicia, is something you're creating. It's subject to copyright protection. It's going to be your intellectual property because you're creating it. When we create courses, and slides for our presentations and our signature speeches, like all of those things are subject to copyright protection. So when you put the two things together, like trademarks and copyrights, you might see an example. It's like you have a signature course and the name of the signature course is drumroll123 and maybe teaching people 
how to play drums. That's a terrible name, but you know, it's subject to trademark protection because that's something that is probably recognizable in that marketplace where people are learning to play instruments and the actual like content, the videos, the worksheets, the checklist, whatever comes in that actual course, like those are that subject to copyright protection. So those are the, the main things there. And as far as the second part of your question, basically, how can we leverage these things to create more time? Number one is knowing what intellectual property you have in your business. Like IP isn't some far-fetched thing that you start to deal with when you become a six or seven figure business owner, or even in business five to 10 years. It's those things that are making you money right now, right? So number one is knowing what they are. Number two is knowing what is required to protect them and how you're using them, whether you are giving a presentation or you're recording something like this or you're working with clients or you're teaching your framework to someone or you're in a collaboration, right? Knowing how it needs to be protected because once you protect it, you wield the exclusive power over it to use it. And depending on just your industry and the demand in your industry, you can create various opportunities where you can have more time. So for example, what I'm doing with Legal Business Essentials, listen, as a mama, I don't got more time for more clients, right? And I honestly, you know, I don't want more time for more clients. Like I have plans to operate my business in a very streamlined and small way. I'm not going to be a big law firm with 50 offices. I don't want that. And so I'm leveraging my intellectual property, right? Some of the contracts and the assets that I created and compiling them, um, doing work one time, right? A lot of work and it takes a lot of time, but after it's done, I can use that in partnership with other people. I can sell it as digital product. I have options, right? And the huge part is because it's like something that's already been created, the work has been done for the most part. So there are definitely ways where you can create something one time. A course is a, is a great example. And a lot of us do that as online business owners. You create it one time. You sell it as part of your program or as a standalone item, right? Those are things that you don't have to contribute more time after you've already created it and put it out there. So you get time back. You can take on more clients. You can take surfing lessons, do whatever you want. You can take a nap, right? It just gives you more time back when your expertise is working for you in the background. Whew, that's so good. You're giving us so much good information. Like I could just sit here and listen all day. Want this conversation all day. Um, it's really good. But I want to touch on, you know, we mentioned the legal business foundations. What have been some of the, I don't want to say pitfalls, but what are the risks that people open themselves up to or some of the scenarios you've seen when people don't have trademarks when they don't have contracts or, you know, if they don't have that, that business entity in order to like, what are they opening themselves up to? Man. I mean, there's, there's just so much, right? So let's do it piece by piece, like entity formation, for example, you could, if you don't have an entity, your personal assets are on the line and that's just plain and simple, right? If you mess up or you cause harm to someone that you are serving, like, your personal assets are literally on the line. Another thing about entity formation, oh, it's like upkeep. Entity formation usually isn't something that was just a one-time thing. Like you had to continue to file paperwork with the state, maybe um, file some like fees, of course, taxes. And if those things aren't kept up, your entity could be suspended or it could be terminated by the state. And again, 
you won't have protection the whole time you think you do. I've seen that a few times with people. Um, when you're applying for grants and programs and loans, sometimes people ask for that. Send us your articles of organization or your formation documents and you go and you find out you're suspended or you're behind on something like that can mess up opportunities like that, right? When you want to be considered for top 50 business this or you want like a certification, they look at that governing stuff. So those are a few things under entity formation. Contracts, we could be here till 7 p.m. West Coast time. Because contracts control your business relationships, like it's the foundation of them. When you don't have those in order, there's so many pieces that can really trip you up. A lot of things that I see are people not getting paid on time or being ghosted by clients, people's intellectual property being misused with a coach that they trusted or being misused by clients that they served, right? People not knowing what intellectual property is involved, right? Just having issues come about in business relationships and not knowing how to fix them. We usually go the, well, talk to my lawyer route, right? Where you get petty, we start arguing. The whole time a contract could help us resolve or minimize the explosion of those issues. Intellectual property, I mean, that's our moneymaker. Those are our business assets, right? That has so much value behind it. So number one, when we don't know, when we're not protecting it, when we're not informed around what is the assets of our business, we just constantly make decisions without preserving those assets in mind. So for example, if someone is giving a signature talk, and this actually happens, that people come to me with this, like they give a signature talk or presentation, let's say in a B2B arrangement. They present for a huge organization, right? And they record it and they do something with the recording on the back end. Like they continue to share it with their staff when they're onboarding new people or something of that nature. The whole time you could be making money off of it, right? But you ain't even know. Now they've captured that intellectual property. It's theirs. They're doing stuff with it. They're benefiting from it. But like we said, when you protect and you realize the value around the intellectual property, you create more time and freedom for yourself. So while they're using that on the back end, you could be charging them a licensing fee. And then lastly, the talking to attorney part of the foundation, when you just don't have the right answers, you either don't make moves because you got questions and concerns all the time and they sit on the back burner. So when you can't get the right answers, you stand still, you don't make moves or you might make the wrong move or you might make the right move and not even really know, right? Because you don't have that security in the decision that you're making. And the only way you can get that is really talking to a lawyer that knows your business and knows your goals and can advise you with those things in mind. Lots of risk, girl. Lots of risk. I know. I just wanted, I wanted them to hear from an insurance. <laughs> question thing is so true because I'm like, I have questions that I'm literally going to be sending to the groups. Um, <laughs> It's just good to have a, a legal person that you can go to. Moral of the story, get your legal business foundation in order and call Liku. She'll help you out. Yes, most of. So let us know. Definitely, we could keep this conversation going forever, but people need to talk to you. They want to get in your program or let us know um, how people can connect with you and what you have coming up, how they can um, just get involved with what you have going on. Yeah, of course. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm probably like one of three Likus on all of LinkedIn. I'm always posting content there. I'm just teaching about the legal essentials of business. 
You can also follow me on Instagram at Lawyer Liku. And if you're interested in the Legal Business Essentials program that I'm building at the time of this recording, we are in beta and you might be listening to this a little bit later after the quote unquote official launch, you know. And what we're building is the holy grail, the legal holy grail for coaches, consultants, experts, speakers, and those types of service-based businesses. So they have the contracts, the answers, the resources, and the leverage that they need to protect their business and get to that next level because it's a lot closer than we think. We don't have to be in business seven years or be making seven figures in order to have a successful business, but we do need our legal ducks in a row. So that is something that I'm providing on a very comprehensive and holistic level. If you're interested in that, um, Felicia, I will send you the link, but you can also send me a DM on, what do they call it? Like a message, private message me on LinkedIn. <laughs> and um, I'm happy to talk to you about it. Website is anasalawfirm.com. That's A-N-A-S-A lawfirm.com. If you'd like to work with me one-on-one. Awesome. And all of their information will definitely be in the show notes. It's an amazing program. Like I said, I'm in it. So you want to get in it if you need some legal support or guidance. Liku, thank you so much for coming in, sharing your journey, your expertise with us. Guys, thank you for listening, and we will see you in the next episode. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Mom CEO Suite podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, can you do us a favor? Leave a review on iTunes and share with other moms in business like you. Help us spread our message and empower others who are at this intersection of motherhood and entrepreneurship.